live out. You had to sleep out. You had to do everything out because you lived with your sheep. That means because the shepherd was in such close proximity to his flock, he knew everything there was to know about them. He would nurture them. He would guide them. And always, always the shepherd had his eyes on his sheep. Now for Christmas, or for, I'm sorry, for Christians, I'm sorry, stuck in that vein. For Christians, this shepherding imagery stirs up emotions, stirs up images and thoughts of things like care, provision, protection. How many of you have seen those very old paintings of the Lord as the shepherd where he's holding the little lamb and there's a sheep everywhere, but right here there's a sheep looking up into his eyes adoringly. How many of you have seen those types of old paintings? Well, that, when we think of shepherds being people who are in large part removed from the industry of shepherding, that's what we think of. And that is not far from the truth at all. A good shepherd is one who personally is personally concerned with the welfare of his sheep. The wonder of Christmas includes a certain sense of peace because not only at Christmas has our Savior been born, but we have finally received the arrival of our Good Shepherd. And if we are indeed, and in fact, like sheep, let's be honest, we need a shepherd. The trouble with a lot of humanity is that they either don't accept that fact or they don't know that fact. The baby born in a Bethlehem sheep pen would eventually grow up to lead, to guide, to provide, to protect, and to bring peace to everyone that would submit and follow him as this good shepherd. Now, it is worthy of note at this stage that that little town, Bethlehem, pretty nondescript, Bethlehem, where the good shepherd was born, was also known by another moniker, and it was known as the city of David. And of all references of shepherds in the Bible, of all of the references, David, who was a once upon a time sheep boy, wrote what is arguably the single most well-known psalm of all 150 psalms that incidentally describes God as, of all things, a shepherd. Now, if you don't have a Bible with you and you don't have an app on your phone for a Bible, these verses are going to be directly behind me. And uh, look up behind me or look up in your, ver in your, your Bible, the 23rd Psalm. This psalm depicts God as a good shepherd who leads his followers towards peace, 
peace which, incidentally, passes all understanding. I hate to keep interrupting here, but you know when you're sheep, and you're as this gentleman here in the video described, dumb, dumb things get scared quick. Yeah? Dumb things get unsettled quickly. Dumb things get skittish rapidly. Dumb things are just dumb. How often have you and I walked through life and we become fearful of a thing only to find out that the shepherd has led us into pastures and waters? How often have we lived that life? Well, not everybody's admitting to that right now, but I'm going to. That's how we are. (laughs) So let's look at the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His namesake. Even though... Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, said the sheep. For you, thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Psalm 23 is a passage of peace. Let's be honest with you. I mean, if, if, if you're sheep, if we're sheep, the one thing that we need is security. And what accompanies security is peace. And this is a psalm denoting peace. How many of you have been on a journey, and frankly, you either have in your past or are currently experienced the weariness of that journey? Shepherding is a walking profession. Shepherding is a walking profession. It is fluid. It is dynamic. And if you're a shepherd, you have weary quadrupeds behind you. And when sheep get weary, they don't necessarily default to the best thing that they need to default to to take care of themselves. They need a shepherd to fix their weary soul. This psalm is comfort to the weary among us. This psalm connects with people because it offers comfort to those who have endured the most difficult periods in life. It's a psalm about protection. It's a psalm about provision that moves people toward peace through their relationship with this good shepherd.
It moves us by faith. David had been a shepherd boy in his youth. He understood this imagery that he had written about here. And the depth of what he was writing to God. He understood that. I know that we, we, we contend with, we deal with the inspiration of Scripture. That Scripture was not written by the hand of those who were actually penning it out. It wasn't their idea. They were moved, according to the New Testament, by the Spirit to write down what they wrote. That's doctrine. But David was coming from a perspective of experience. This is what it is like to be a shepherd. And this one is the good shepherd. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I I love that introductory statement. The Lord is my shepherd. And then he qualifies the, the incredible depth and breadth of that statement. He qualifies the whole, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You know, he could have put the pen down right there and said everything that he needed to say, but he goes and he continues with the specificity of this concept, this idea. Right out of the gate, David calls the Lord my Shepherd, by using that word, by using the word shepherd, David uses the single most comprehensive and the single most all-inclusive, intimate metaphor that had yet to be used in the Psalms when he comes to describing who, what, and what God was to him. God's character and God's nature. He is my shepherd. I'm dumb. As a post, I'm dumb. But I don't have to fear my utter and perfect stupidity. How many of you have looked at life and said, I don't know how to navigate this. I am simply too small. If I could raise both hands and both feet without making an utter fool of myself, I would do it. But David says, it's irrelevant that I'm the king of Israel. It's irrelevant that I've been established in this place, that I am the monarch of God's people, I am incapable of navigating this sod without my shepherd. Moreover, David... (laughs) Remember, was a shepherd. But at this point in his life, he doesn't identify himself as a fellow shepherd. He actually identifies himself as sheep. He says, the Lord is what? My shepherd. 
I need one too. doesn't matter that I have a crown. doesn't matter that I have a throne. It doesn't matter that I reign over an entire nation. I am sheep. And I need a shepherd. And he is my shepherd. And because of him being my shepherd in all of my stupidity, in all of my wanton ludicrousy, I'm not going to want because he's my shepherd. You know, let's boil that all down. In other words, God is the one who knows everything. How many of you sometimes wish God didn't know everything? He can know this, 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 this. Well, He knows everything. And yet, and you can chalk everything, we know what we're talking about here, we can chalk everything up to, again, being stupid sheep. Dumb sheep, right? And yet, He's my shepherd. I shall not want. Despite my moronic tendencies, I shall not want. He knows everything about me. God is the one who spends time with me. God is the one who nurtures me, who guides me. Always has His eye on me, who cares for me, who provides for me, who protects me. The Lord is personally concerned about my welfare because I'm His sheep. How many of you understand what it is to interact with the Holy Spirit? How many of you have ever actually been setting about going about your business and you're going to do X, Y, or Z and all of a sudden you feel the brakes they get slammed on in your spirit and you go, say, what? Yeah. And you, th- okay, what, well, why did I feel that? And the Holy Spirit begins to envelop your ability to consciously acknowledge Him and you go, oh. And you go, okay, I, I, I'm, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm not supposed to go there. I'm not supposed to buy that. I'm not supposed to interact with that. I'm not supposed to adopt that habit. I'm not supposed to blah, blah, blah. And then he pats you on the bottom and moves your little sheep behind right on down the road. He is personally concerned with my welfare for no other reason than I earned it. I'm incredibly intelligent. I'm brilliant, handsome, and charming. No, I'm dumb sheep, and that's all that matters to him because that's what dirt brought to life amounts to. But his love extends to that sheep, extends to that dirt, and he is intimately involved, aware, and concerned with my welfare. Woo! Mm. And because that all of what I've just said was David's experience, he follows the declaration that he just made. The Lord is my shepherd. He follows that declaration 
with the following one. One that has massive consequences. He says, I shall not want. Because God is such a good shepherd. He takes care of all of my needs. Now, I fear that sometimes we confuse needs with wants. But you don't ever have to worry about a need slipping back past you. Wants? I want a Ferrari. And I'm going to be honest with you. There's absolutely nothing under the tree wrapped with a bow as big as a Ferrari. I have this, I don't know, idea that, mm, probably not getting a Ferrari. But because he's my shepherd, he's going to meet my needs. Look, do I look like I'm underfed? Easy. I'm right here. No. Why? Because He provides my needs. I am not thirsty. Because He provides my needs. I don't have to worry about in my dumbness Wandering off from the sheepfold. Why? Because he's my shepherd and he leads me. Do you want to know how dumb sheep are? The only thing they have to know how to do is follow. And follow following comes from their sense and need for security. And so they fixate on their that source and they follow it. And interestingly, they tend to shun what isn't recognized as safe. So I don't have to worry about wandering off. Cuz has anybody ever come in have you ever have you come into the kingdom of God from a life of sin? And I don't mean you weren't saved, but you were a completely moral human being, and you got saved. I'm talking about you were living sinfully, and you came into Christ. Yep. Trust me. That's not safe. If you've never experienced sin in three dimensions and technicolor as a lifestyle, maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. But the reality is, is no sheep who's once been saved and brought into his sheepfold, is ever going back there if they have any brains at all. Because they want to be safe. They want security. Do people do it? Yep. They're sheep. The big bad wolves of life are not coming to attack me. (laughs) Because my shepherding God is leading me. Now you say, whoa, 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 whoa. 
What have you and your family just been through for the past two years? Well, we've been through a lot. We've been through a lot. But guess what? Am I standing right here? Okay. Everybody look over your right or left shoulders. Is she sitting right there? Don't tell me some some wolf has got, got his my number. He doesn't. He can try. He can try. But I promise you, <laughs> the Lord doesn't need great Pyrenees hiding out in his sheepfold to protect me. And he doesn't need them to protect you either. He is the watchdog. He is the good shepherd. He's restoring the upside-down places in my soul, this shepherd does. And uh, that verse 3 refers to in, in this psalm, and he's turning them right side up. Amen? He comforts me with his presence. According to verse 4, he's with me in and through the valley of the shadow of death. So... If he's walking, now remember, everything is predicated with, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Everything that follows is predicated by the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But the Bible tells me that he is with me, guiding me, leading me through the valley of the shadow of death. Death's shadow, meaning it's close enough to cast a shadow there. Whether its exact presence is there or not, it's throwing a shadow because it's close enough. But even with that proximity to utter destruction, the Lord is my shepherd. And I don't have to worry about that shadow Because He's right here. And all I have to do is follow that voice. That one I know. I recognize it. Okay, Lord, this is getting really dark. Come on. Come on. Man, this is scary. Come on. I just... This is a hem of His garment moment. You may be too afraid to look up, but just find that hem moving. Move with that. The Bible goes on. It says, He's preparing good things for me. He is leading me on to experience, uh, on to places of peace. Places of peace filled with His anointing and filled with His goodness and filled with His mercy. Both now, right now, and throughout all of eternity. According to verses 5 and 6, I'm on a journey with the Lord to good places. Good places that are filled with favor and blessing culminating, ending up, rounding out in eternal peace in the presence of God, that self-same shepherd. The Lord God is a good shepherd. 
And because He is a good shepherd, I can have peace. Because of Him and because of His presence in my life. That's important. To acknowledge and to perpetuate the presence of God in our lives. As was so often proclaimed, especially at Christmas time, He's Emmanuel. Have you ever felt far from God? Have you ever felt a void where you just didn't feel Him? Well, guess what? Thank goodness our feelings as sheep do not dismiss the fact that He is Emmanuel. The fact that we are sheep and somehow misinterpret or don't detect the presence of God does not make the presence of God absent. That's what's important. Our our faith, our lives, our living, our interacting in this place at this time is predicated by the fact that He is who He says He is, not what our feelings or interpretations or traditions dictate to Him. He is God. He says, oh, uh, by the way, I never change. You change. You all change. The world changes. People change. Me? I don't. So, we can be greatly comforted. And go, let's go circle back to the title of this message, Peace. We can be in peace knowing, well, I may not feel Him, but my faith is in Him, and He says He doesn't change, so He's here. When God came near in the person of Jesus, Emmanuel, our good shepherd arrived on the scene. The good shepherd is how Jesus describes himself in chapter 10 of John's gospel. Now, right here in a lot of Bibles, and if you have a paper Bible in front of you, and if you happen to turn to John 10, you might see this. In a lot of Bibles, there's a heading printed right there, and it just says the good shepherd. Now, in this particular Bible, mine is a Thompson chain, um, it says the shepherd and his flock. But you get the idea. Right here, preceding chapter 10, in many Bibles, it refers, it refers to him as the good shepherd. Now, in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 6, Jesus is talking and uses this imagery of a sheep and shepherd. Now, listen to this. John 10, 1 through 6. Truly... Truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now listen very carefully. 
a stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, I want, to, I want you to understand something about what this context is discussing here. And I'm going off script. I apologize. Did you hear how the gatekeeper lets the shepherd in through the, through the door? And then he calls to his sheep and they come out. And then once they're all out, he leads them. You know what the, the, the thing that doesn't really occur here is that there's a bunch of sheep in that sheep pen and they're not all his. There's a whole bunch of flocks in there, all milling around. And they're woolly little units. So it's not like they got brands on them. No, this is the thing. There's all kinds of sheep in there. And he shows up and he starts talking and he starts calling his flock. And out of that mess of sheep, out filter his. Now, two things are happening right here. Number one, his sheep are following him. But those who don't know his voice are staying there. There's no confusion here. There's an absolute delineation going on here. Those who don't know his voice stay in the sheep pen. Those who do, they go right for him. Remember, they're not going to follow another shepherd's voice. A stranger is what the scriptures say. So they follow, and when he calls them out, they go down the road. That's a vivid image of what is happening in the Spirit. You, as children of the Most High, your good shepherd is calling to instruct and guide and lead and protect and provide for you. Do you know that voice? Because as soon as another shepherd, a stranger's voice comes in and says, well, I know how to protect and provide and blah, 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 with you. And you go, "Mm, no, 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 I don't know you. I know him. And no matter how tasty this pasture looks like, well, the likelihood is, is if he's taking you off and he's a stranger and you listen to him, the likelihood is you're going to be mutton on someone's table. Capiche? Here Jesus is trying to say something. Do you know why? Here at the tail end it says right here, this figure of speech Jesus used with them. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Do you know why? Do you know why they didn't catch that? (laughs) If we haven't gone over this enough, Paul, in this lesson, it's because they're sheep. It's because they're sheep. And do you know how sheep are often characterized? If we haven't gone over this enough, they've been described simply as dumb livestock. Sheep are not intelligent. They're not intelligent. As a matter of fact, and this is an interesting observation, do you realize that there are scholars out there, and not just a few of them who believe that if people hadn't domesticated sheep 
that they may be an extinct species, they're that dumb? They're like lemmings on crack. Everybody familiar with what a lemming is? For no reason whatsoever, they make this mecca to a cliff and they dive off and die. Sheep are kind of like, that's pretty. And people do that all the time in their lives. They say, they say, Oh, that those drugs are pretty. <laughs> oh, that alcohol, that's really cool. <laughs> oh, heaven and affair is a great time. <laughs> and they're jumping off cliffs. Why? Because they're sheep. And they don't have a shepherd to lead them. If we stop and assess ourselves, we, so, we see how we can be like sheep in many areas of our lives, right? Just be honest with yourself. In all kinds of, we can be, we can be pretty dense. There wasn't one amen in that, and I, I feel your pain. We make the same mistakes over and over we wander off a given set course we need help figuring out what to do and where to go we qualify as sheep in lots of ways and in lots of areas of our lives we just do isn't this just christmas glory the choices we know this is paul Romans chapter 7. This is Bible. We, we make choices we know are wrong. But we do them anyway. He, he, Paul said, the things I want to do, I don't. The things I don't want to do, I do. Romans 7. And f- that fact indicates that we oftentimes are like sheep. The same arguments we have with our spouses. Because we keep doing the same dumb stuff indicate we're like sheep the patterns of spending money more money than we make and thus continuing to put us deeper and deeper into debt indicate we're sheep do you know why almost 50% of all Americans make New Year's resolutions while less than 10% of them keep them? Why? Everybody say it together. Because they're sheep. Now, which one's worse? The people who make the New Year's resolution and don't have the discipline to keep it, or the people who don't make the New Year's resolution because they know they won't keep it. You do the math. Let me know after church what the definitive answer is. On the other hand, do you know when sheep thrive? I mean, so far this has been a dismal picture. Merry Christmas! This has been miserable. 
But there's actually an environment where sheep thrive. They're like, hoo-hoo, it's my birthday. It's, you know, they're just up there in, a, in their big fluffy selves having a wonderful time. It's when they have a shepherd. That's when sheep thrive. Someone who loves them, who lives with them, leads them, knows them, calls them by name. When the shepherd is with his sheep, he builds trust with them in such a way that just the sound of the shepherd's voice causes the sheep to be at peace. How many of you know someone when they open their mouth, you just go like this? Yeah. It's like every time they open their mouth, it's like Jim Carrey. In the movie Dumb and Dumber. When he leans over to that hitman and says, you want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Those of you who don't know that movie, it's the most annoying sound in the world. His voice is the antithesis of that. His voice is the... His voice is the, when the waves are tearing up your boat and you're thinking, we're going to sink, I'm going to die, I'm going to be food for the fish, and all of a sudden, he gets up from the rear of the boat asleep, completely unconcerned with what's going on around about here, because he's in your boat, but you're all... (laughs) And so what's he do? Hold my pillow. Walks up to the front and says, Shh. And you're like, Wow. That was really something. You need to do that at the next party we throw at the synagogue. That's us. That's sheep. And what do we do? We hear his voice. And it calms us. You know, the reason when shepherds with his sheep, he builds trust and they just calm down. The reason is that the good shepherd takes care of them. And despite our, their inadequacies, He leads them into the second half of Psalm 23, verse 1, which says, I shall not want. I shall not want. Why? Why shall I not want? Because of how well taken care of my shepherd is taking care of me. When the Lord is your shepherd, you will not be left wanting. Again, Maybe no Ferrari. But when it comes to making your way through life, you will not be left wanting. That means God will provide you with everything you need as you follow His lead. Jesus talks about this shepherd-to-sheep relationship with His disciples in the 7th through the 15th verses of John 10. 
It's here where Jesus specifically identifies himself as the good shepherd. Listen to this. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep do not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He is uh, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and listen to this, my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And the good shepherd laid down his life because of what was foretold in the prophecy in Isaiah 53. Look at this. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned. Every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him, him meaning Jesus, the good shepherd, the iniquity of us all. Praise God. Remember what we talked about a few weeks ago? Redemption and salvation. Remember? The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us. That is talking about redemption. The redemption of mankind which is the open door to salvation. That passage in Isaiah is known as the suffering uh, servant passage. It foreshadows what the good shepherd, Jesus, uh, would go through to make provision for all of his wandering sheep. It's a passage leading to peace for those of us who find ourselves lost, in trouble, on our own, on the outside of what they were created to be. What are we created to be? We're created to be people who are led by the Good Shepherd, cared for, protected by Him. Jesus articulated how a Good Shepherd lays down His life for His sheep. That's precisely the mission that Jesus was born to accomplish. He ultimately would go all the way to the cross, for the express purpose of laying down His life to rescue us from everything that separated us and, and, and put us in danger subsequently, leading to eternal death because of sin. That's why He was born, to eviscerate that. And our Good Shepherd not only secured our eternity by laying down His life, but also leads us subsequently, to provision and places of peace in our lifetime right here, right now, because of Him. 
That's what the meaning of verse of, of uh, twenty-three, Psalm twenty-three conveys. That's it. That's what all of the rest of that. Move on, moving on from verse one, they speak of all those verses. They speak of what happens when we follow the Lord. Maybe you should spend some time with that that short little psalm. While all of the verses in Psalm 23 portray various aspects of what happens when a shepherd leads his sheep, let's focus on our remaining our remaining attention on uh, verse two. And I'm just I'm just about done here, guys. I'm just about done. It's comprised of two parts. Verse two, two parts. The first, he makes me lie down in green pastures. By nature, <clears throat> sheep tend to be unsettled and kind of skittish, kind of nervous. Do you know when sheep willingly and voluntarily lay down? They're tired. No. They lie down when they're confident that the shepherd is with them, watching over them. Somehow or another, they recognize the fact that although they will watch, they know that he is watching. If sheep are fearful, at odds with each other, dealing with pests that are irritating them, or feeling unsettled due to hunger, they'll have difficulty laying down. When sheep are around running water, they get skittish and nervous again. They get afraid when they're around running water. I think it's the noise. The good shepherd knows this and will make sure that his flock has sufficient water. Still waters, right? Leadeth me beside. Still waters. That's the second part worth noting in verse two. He leads me besides the still beside the still waters. Part of the nature and character of a good shepherd is that he leads his sheep. Um, notice that it doesn't say right there he drives his sheep. You ever did you, ha- you ever notice that? Yeah, rawhide. Notice it doesn't say that. It says he leads his sheep. Sheep can't be driven. Why? Fear. Remember, sheep. Remember, scattering. Dumb. Not understanding. They can't be driven. They're led. They must know the shepherd's voice and be able to trust that shepherd. Once they do, sheep will follow that shepherd because they know this is the person who puts them on green pastures. This is, it's one of those things where it's almost like in sheep's mind. Okay, this may be stony and rocky right now, but at some point in time, he's getting us to a pasture. How many of you ever walked stony, rocky ground in your life and you've just had the faith to look up and say, I know you're bringing me to a pasture? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> this is one uh, who doesn't make me try to drink from a fire hydrant. This shepherd, he wants... I want still waters. He's not going to force me to drink out of a fire hydrant. He leads me beside still waters. The shepherd is key to removing these different challenging circumstances. So sheep will lie in green pastures in peace and drink from still waters, quiet 
refreshing, reassurance. Philip Keller, he is a South African uh, sheep herder with a lifetime of experience in this field. And one day, uh, Philip came to the realization of how important the shepherd-to-sheep relationship was. This is what he said, quote, In the course of time, I came to realize that nothing so quieted and reassured the sheep as to see me in the field. The presence of their master, owner, and protector put them at ease as nothing else could, and this applied day and night, end quote. The same sentiment is true about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and our good shepherd. His presence in our life has the same effect on his followers as sheep do with their shepherd. He brings peace and he brings confidence that it is okay to lie down now. Rest. It's okay because he's with us. We see him. He's with us. We know He's taking care of us. Now, I'm going to pause. And I'll try to do this quickly. Some of you have heard the illustration that I had shared before about when I was hospitalized back in the uh, winter of 2020. I was suffering from COVID-related complications. I had blood clots in my lungs and double pneumonia, and I was hospitalized. And I was there for a week. At any rate, if memory serves, I was there, and I think it was the first night that I was there in the hospital. I can't be completely certain. But I think it was the first night. I'm there. I'm alone. This is back in the days when you couldn't go in anywhere. There was COVID people. You were completely isolated. (coughs) Excuse me. And I'm laying in my bed. It's at night, and I'm having an anxiety attack. Uh I'm having difficulty breathing, and it wasn't because of the blood clots and the pneumonia. I'm panicking. I'm in the dark. I'm having great difficulty maintaining my composure. And again, if memory serves, I think this lasted for about an hour. And I literally grabbed the little thing that you push to call the nurses, and I wanted to call the nurse so that she could give me a sedative or something. Anything. I couldn't compose myself, and it was the worst feeling I think I've ever had in my entire life. And while I'm sitting there in this whatever-induced panic, I see the Lord. And I'm laying in bed. And the Lord appears on my left hand in the corner of the room. And it's almost vision-ish in that it's like a window to another place and another time opened up and around him. I could see it was almost like he was in Palestine again. And he's walking diagonally across my room from my lower left to my upper right. And I'm completely fixated on what I'm seeing. And the fascinating thing about what's going on is that he doesn't even look at me. 
He didn't even look at me. He paid no attention to the fact that I was in this room having this massive anxiety attack, panicking alone in the dark. And I just watched him walk by. He didn't gesture. He didn't look. He didn't say anything. He was walking from somewhere over there to somewhere out there. And he was gone. The next thing that I know, I'm waking up when the lab walks in the next morning to take blood. And I'm like, for a long time, I'm sitting there, Stephanie, I'm like, what does that mean? Was I I, I out of my mind? Here's the thing. Sheep relax in the presence of their shepherd. He doesn't have to call the sheep's name to make it relax. He doesn't have to point to it. He doesn't have to do anything for that sheep to relax. He has to be there and they have to look up and say, Oh, there he is. Okay. Night. And they go to sleep. And that's what happens when the shepherd walks into your pasture. Because we know him and we have a relationship with him and he has a relationship with us and he has never let us down yet. And he won't let us down again. He will never do it in the future. He hasn't done it. Melody, can you amen that? That woman right there understands what it is to be delivered by the Lord. There's a woman right back there wearing a really pretty facial blue mask on her face. She knows what it is to be delivered by the Lord. You may not know this. I've almost lost that woman three times in the past year and a half. Lost her. But the shepherd came walking through. Oh, don't worry. She'll tell you about it someday. She'll tell you all about it. You want to hear it. When He's there, the sheep rest. Closing. Perhaps that is what Jesus wants to remind you of this Christmas season. That He's your Good Shepherd. And despite any circumstances, you shall not want. He's present with you. He is near you. You can count on Him to lead you to those green pastures and maybe you're not in them yet but you're on the journey. He's going to lead you beside those still waters despite the fact that there may be a rapids right there, right now. As your good shepherd, He's going to lead you toward places where you know you have security and provision in who He is and what He has done for you.
through his own life, death, and resurrection. He is your shepherd, and you will not want. And there is the power of his Holy Spirit, too, for those who have put their faith and hope and trust in him for salvation. There's your voice of God. Hallelujah. It is in Him that we find our peace. His peace, His peace offered to us through His birth, leading us ultimately to our salvation. Brothers and sisters, that is all part of the wonder of Christmas. Stand with me today. We ran a little long today, and I apologize for that. Is there anybody here that does not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He wants to make you one of His sheep. And then He wants to be that good shepherd for you and give you the peace of God that passes all understanding. It will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus our Lord. Is there anyone here that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ? Anybody? All right. Father, we bless your name in all the earth. We exalt you because you are God. And Lord, we just ask right now in Jesus' name that you'd help your word to find good soil with which to take root in our lives. And that, Father, we... We will grow an abundant crop in light of it. And Father, we just want to say how much we love you. We bless your name in all the earth. Glorify your name. Help us, Lord, this week to accomplish what we need to accomplish in Jesus' name. And Lord, we give you all the glory. Amen and amen.